What's up, ladies, and welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Toshiba Oliver. And listen, right now we're on summer break, but we will be back in the fall with some phenomenal episodes. So keep a lookout for that. But while we're on break, we said, how cool will it be to have women, um, urban Christian women from across the U.S. sort of talk to us about their lives and how um, the gospel intersects in their everyday. And so we're super excited to have Jermaine Boyd on the podcast. Jermaine is the Legacy Conference Coordinator. She's an actress, an aspiring playwright, and a food connoisseur based in Chicago. She loves to disciple and walk with women. And y'all, when you listen to the podcast, you are going to be able to hear that in everything she says. What I love about this interview is that Jermaine makes discipleship and communicating what it means to be a follower of Jesus so plainly. So I'm going to quit talking and I'm going to turn you guys right over to the podcast. Here we go, ladies. All right. Well, welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Tashiba Oliver, and I am so super duper excited um, to uh, finally be able to connect uh, with this sister. Um, her name is Jermaine Boyd, and Jermaine is the Legacy Conference Coordinator. She also is an actress, an aspiring playwright, and a food connoisseur based in Chicago, which we will totally talk about food at some point in this podcast because I am a foodie. Um, but she loves to disciple and walk with women. So, Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, it's so nice to meet you over the, the airwaves and over the cell phone. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Jermaine, we are so excited to have you on here. Um, the mission of the Urban Christian Woman is to restore women with God's truth for the everyday life. And a huge part for that. Um, a huge part of that for the urban Christian woman is discipleship. So it's such a, a gift and a privilege for um, for us to have you on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about um, Legacy Conference and um, your role in regards to Legacy. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so essentially, as you mentioned, I am the Legacy Conference Planner. I also oversee any other, like, events that happen. So we also do these things called kickbacks where we go into the surrounding cities around the conference and host, like, a two-hour hangout where we'll have, like, pizza, and then we'll teach disciple-making from the scriptures and do a Q&A. And then it's also a chance for the community in that city to come together and just get connected. And it's and then during that time, we talk about Legacy Chicago, for instance, but if we do a kickback in Dallas, we'll talk about Legacy Houston. Um, so I'm also overseeing those events as well. So I'm pretty much like the event planner for Legacy. Um, yeah, and I enjoy it because there's lots of travel. You meet a lot of different people. Um, and it's just cool to just see God's hand in his people and in the world. Because when you're mm-hmm. from a certain place, like, you can kind of think, like, oh, God is just moving here. But honestly, he's moving everywhere. Um, and this is like, kind of like a cool part of my job. So 
I know you asked me something else. I literally just forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were talking about your role with Legacy. Can you sort of help us if if I was coming to the Legacy Conference, tell me a little bit about what I would expect. I know you talked about the kickback, but um, what makes the Legacy Conference so unique? Tell us about Legacy in and of itself, if you want to as well, while talking about the conference. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so uh, the heartbeat of Legacy is to equip disciples to make disciples of Christ, and we specifically target young adults between the ages of 21 and 35 in the urban context. I mean, when I say urban, I know there's like a word that's changing in the mm-hmm. culture now. Um, so at one point, urban was thought more from like a racial standpoint. Like when you heard the word urban, you would think people of color, but right. now urban is more of like city you know, and things like that. Um, And so we're kind of like a merger of both of those things. Mm -hmm. And so we do, our heartbeat is to bring speakers from all different types of racial backgrounds. Um, So, and I say that because in some of the circles that we run in, there are, it's pretty much, majority of the speakers are from European descent, which isn't Mm -hmm. a horrible thing, right? Right, right, right. God speaks through everyone, but it can be very detrimental when you don't have representation from all people groups because then you miss out on, like, parts of, like, God's church. Absolutely. And when I say his church, right, like his people. Um, And so, like, I I always use the example of, like, it would be cool to hear, like, let's say you have an Asian woman, and when I say Asian, I'm thinking of Asian in regards to, like, Chinese or Mm-hmm. Korean of some sorts, and and for them, I know what's really big in that those type of cultures is like meditation. And so, if you were to have a woman like that or a man like that that comes and, and the Lord saves them, and for them to teach us on what it means to meditate on the Word and to like pray, like would be different from someone where their culture may not value that in such a high regard, like meditation. And so, you mm-hmm. miss out on things like that when you only allow a certain people group to speak. Right. Um, and so that's like a big part of Legacy's heartbeat is to provide diverse ministers. And not only that, like we're really big into the arts. So we normally have a hip hop concert or a poetry slam. That's a big part of the conference as well. And and then like what's a big part of our DNA is just a family reunion. So I know for me before I was a Legacy Conference planner, I was an attendee, and me and my friends, which you probably know, like, once you graduate college, you see your friends a lot less just because of life, because right. you're married, have babies, and, like, right. so you start planning, like, this annual family trip, and so for <laughs> us, what we would do is, like, plan it around a legacy, oddly, because it was, like, this time, like, yo, we're going to all come you know, learn about what it means to, like, be a disciple of Christ, make disciples, hear good music that glorifies God, like, um, listen mm-hmm. to some poetry, eat good food because we're in Chicago and, and things like that. And so mm-hmm. that's also, like, a big part of the legacy is that we would come back year after year, so then you start seeing the same people and, like, yo, like, you're like, yo, I'll see you next year. So it becomes, like, this family reunion feel. Wow. And not only that, like, I've gained lifelong friends from being here, friends I've done road trips with, like, that I've traveled other places with. I've known people to meet their spouses at the Legacy. I'm not saying come to the conference, come get your, you know what I'm saying. Right, <laughs> come get the Lord. Right, right, right. But right. the Lord will move. Like, he's used it in different ways. I've known people to be saved through the conference. 
um, for marriages to be restored, for mm. people that were in deep, dry seasons um, yeah. to just be revitalized. And, and I don't demonize a dry season. Like, dry seasons really teach us that, like, the crux of our faith really is the faith that God has given us versus, like, just how we feel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. the feelings matter to the Lord. And so, like, he's, he's used the conference in just different ways. Um, so that's mm. just been really cool to see because – Again, like we think God is doing three things, He's always doing like ten thousand things, right? You know, um, right, right. So, so yeah, that's just kind of like the legacy picture, like the legacy conference in like a broad stroke. Mm, mm. So, if if um, what are some areas I think that you see currently that are plaguing? Because you're talking about the legacy conference directly targets women between 21 to 35 and um, the urban Christian woman, that's, we pretty much focus in between 18 to 35. So people Mm -hmm. who are um, in college, post-grad, you know, um, sort of, you know, new in marriage or, you know, matriculating um, or, or progressing in their careers and so on and so forth. So like, what are you currently seeing as you go across, the landscape of America and Christendom in regards to urban women and what is, I think what is really um, some of the things that are currently burdening them that are um, sort of, I I almost want to say like causing them to, um, to, to what's burdening them that's actually causing them to, um, to either run towards the Lord or draw away from the Lord um, in certain seasons. I know you were talking about dry seasons and things like that, but I'm sure that, you know, I love going to conferences um, and I feel like there's always something that the Lord is really trying to drive home or there's a space that um, women directly need to be ministered to in that area. What do you think is one of the main areas that women in this age demographic um are really sort of being um, plagued with or burdened with currently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, so to, so legacy, as you know, um, we have, like you said, ages between 21 and 35 for men and women, and specifically speaking for women. Um, so I think what draws us to God is honestly just his love and kindness, like, and you really can't know who you truly are until you know who God is. And so I think what I mean by that is that God is holy, right? Like he's mm-hmm. without sin, like he is perfect. Absolutely. And, 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 and he's a just God, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so in order for us to have a relationship with him, like we're coming with sin and we're coming with shortcomings and all these things, and and God knows that, right? Right. So in his love, he came down, left his earthly throne, came down as a servant and died for our sins that we may be reconciled to him. Mm -hmm. And so in that reconciliation, not only does he want us to have a relationship with him, he wants us to become who we truly are and not make right. it man-centered. What I mean by that is what a fancy word we use is called sanctification. Mm-hmm. And for those who may not know what that word means, it just means like God working <clears throat> out the things that are not like him 
in bringing us into our full self, which we once were in the Garden of Eden. So for people who may not be Christians and may like be listening to this, like there was a time where we were without sin. And, and I know that's hard to imagine, like a world where there's no murder and strife and slander and sickness and death, like right, because that's right. the only world we know. But right. there was that time, and man chose that he was his own God, right, and that he wanted his own wisdom, and that caused sin to enter into the world. And so that sin caused division between us and God. And um, God has always been coming after his people, always thinking after his people, always being amongst yep. his people. Yep. Um, and so in that, like, I don't want to get too theological, but I just think that, like, that part of it is so important mm-hmm. that the reason why we even desire God is because he puts that desire in us. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't go looking for him. Like, the Bible says that no one is righteous, no, not one. Like, nobody seeks after God. Like, we right. don't go looking for him. Like, there are things that we desire, right, that right. are false gods that we go looking for. But the fact any woman that goes looking for God is because God put that in her. But that yeah. is God's, like, effectual call, like him beckoning or more so, like, romancing her mm-hmm. to himself. And I think that's so beautiful because... It, it, it reminds us that, one, yes, we're made in the image of God, and we are very valuable to him, extremely mm-hmm. so valuable, right, that he left heaven to come get us. However, right. it's almost like picturing, like, a, a genius becoming a murderer, right? Like, that's what we are. Like, mm-hmm. it is, we have this value, but sin has marred that so much mm-hmm. um, that so nobody would die for a murderer. Like, not even, like, we barely would die for somebody that's righteous, like, so mm-hmm. think about giving up your life for somebody that has murdered someone you love. Like, that's what God has done for us. And so I think understanding that love and fighting to understand that love makes us be like, there's nothing better than the Lord. There's nothing better than Jesus, right? Right. And so I think what kind of turns our hearts away from God is, one, believing that there are things better than him. And I'm not going to lie, like, sin is fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, my own personal story, like, I wasn't saved until I was 25. I'm 31 now. Um, I wasn't raised in church. Um, so there are things in this world that are beautiful and appetizing um, and desirable because they are, were created by God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about things like sex, like, that, that was created by God. Um, I think about food created by God. I think about Mm -hmm. people created by God, marriage created by the Lord. Mm -hmm. But in our hearts, we make idols of these things. And what idol just kind of means is I believe that this can give me something to make me feel whole. This can give me, this can make me feel secure. Mm -hmm. This can give me comfort. This can make me feel like I'm worth something, like I'm valuable. I'm valuable because I'm with this dude. I'm mm-hmm. valuable because I have this business or I'm connected to these type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of insanity because it's like we know that we we want value, and so we look right. out, outside of ourselves for value, and mm-hmm. we desire for the thing that we put our value in to give us value. It, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's one of these things, like, I think that that is, you know, in conversing, I've discipled a lot of um, women in, like, probably that 18 to about, let's say, 26. 
27, mm-hmm. <laughs> 27 age group. And I think that that is a huge piece is like not uh, being aware of their true value and um, that they truly are made in God's image. And it's his love that has pursued them. And so um, we, we sort of have cheapened grace to mm-hmm. a degree um, because um, we've allowed the the lies of culture. We've allowed um, the sub, and it's so subtle, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so it's so subtle. But I know that that is one of the things that um, young women who are non-believers as well as um, believing women, they're sort of like, well, why would like one of the things that you hear from the Bible is that you know um, women aren't really of value. Like God valued. Um, men more than he valued women. And so a, a lot of what I even hear you saying is you're talking a lot about, you know, you know God's love by knowing God, and you have to follow the line of Scripture. You have to follow mm-hmm. the story and mm-hmm. um, and the whole story at that, which, um, you know, what I mean, what do you say to this? Because I, I really believe a huge part of discipleship of course directly is related to the word but you have to be able to understand the word in full context right and so so many people are led astray by one verse and they take that one verse and Mm. um can allow it to um either deceive them or can allow them to um to well and what i like to say what i was saying which is either cheap and grace or they find themselves falling into patterns of trying to meet a standard or a Mm. perfection that they know that they cannot actually you know reach which is insanity outside of christ you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so um yeah talk to me about like with legacy as well as with yourself i mean you, you a huge part for you is your love to disciple and walk with women. Um, how do you sort of see this play out um, in the lives of women? And how do you disciple a woman? If there, there are women listening who are in the process of discipling a woman who is in this space and dealing mm-hmm. with what you're talking about right now, which all of us do. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we're too tempted to go into the deceit of my identity is not, is it really in Christ? Like we're all, we're all prone to wander and go back and try to eat that piece of fruit in the garden, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, talk about that a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. And I love that question because I think that the that the world, right, there's lots of lies constantly always circulating, right? Mm-hmm. There's lies that we have literally built our identity on, right? So that's part of that sanctification process where God is uprooting those lies gently right and replacing them with his truth and his word yeah um, i think one lie one big lie that comes from the world is like as a woman you need to have the perfect body you need to be the perfect housewife you need to be super nice and say that girl same time. You say that like some porn star in the bedroom with your husband right you need to be like martha stewart homemaker and like <laughs> like who is like who is this woman you know who is that who is that? Right. And so, like, <laughs> we create, and I think a lot of times, like, so then it's this, this unrealistic idea of what a woman is, and the world is constantly pounded at in you from movies to commercials to advertisements to TV shows to, to mm. how you get taught in school, right? Like, it's just a kind right. like, this is what a woman is. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff is true. Like in mm-hmm. light, some of that stuff is like, okay, some of this is God wants a woman to be some of like kind of like that, but a lot of it isn't. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it is based on self-reliance. Like, how can I create mm. myself into this type of woman, right? And right. So constant reinventioning happening. And especially with the age group that we're talking about, I didn't, even though I'm 31, social media wasn't like a concept that I was in. It's right. Like, like, social media is like heightened in this. Like, how can mm-hmm. I present this type of woman to the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what type of pictures do I post? And I don't want to demonize social media because it has good to it. Right. Like, it's profitable and it's proper content. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I just think, uh, like you said, our, high, our hearts are always prone to wander and use things in a way to build these other gods. And mm-hmm. so I think it's starting. So, yeah, the, the temptation is to start with, okay, what does the world say? But I think about, I've heard this really good analogy that, like, when they teach of people who are investigators for false money and the IRS, what mm-hmm. they do is put them under an extensive training on studying just what real money looks like. Mm-hmm. like all they, do, they spend mm-hmm. months just studying real money. Mm-hmm. So what happens is they don't spend all this time studying fake money. They study what the real thing is. Right. So when the fake shows up, they just are able to easily identify it. Girl, so I think mm. that's the same thing with with what what is God calling a woman to be? God right. is calling this. We got to study what God is saying. Like, and I think, like you said, like I can understand a woman wrestling with. Well, it seems as if a woman. I think a good one is like Proverbs thirty one being used out of context. Girl, like, I was <laughs> I was hoping. I was I was gonna drop it when you asked the way and I was like Proverbs thirty one, let's just go there because yeah, it is like, not Oh that's my goodness. Not, and yes. so like to your point, like in God's kindness he has equipped specifically like the Western church mm-hmm. to have all these tools to study his word well. Like that Proverbs thirty one is poetry. Like that's yeah. it's not like a manuscript on how a woman should live. Like literally I do not think the writer of Proverbs 31 was like, okay, so I see this woman leave out and go do this thing. Let me write that down. Okay. Right. Then she's storing. It, it's literally just a poem that right. is, it honestly is written to a young man mm-hmm. to look for in a wife. Right. right? Um, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to aspire to these things, but that's not the manuscript, right? The right. Manuscript. And so then it's important to go back to Genesis, like a woman you have been made in the image of God, and then mm-hmm. God brought man and woman together and blessed them together and told mm-hmm. them to be fruitful and multiply together. And he told them to also subdue the earth and have dominion together. Come right? on. So in that, and we have unique roles. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm called to be like a man. No. But, like, the thing is, like, that he has gifted in a woman that you have that represents attributes of God that a man would right. have. And when a, and when in the church or in the home, those things aren't uplifted and considered valued and, like, lived out, it erodes the, the flourishing of humanity. Um, mm-hmm. And so I say that to say, like, yes, I understand that there may be single mothers listening and, like, well, I don't have a man in the home. And when you don't have that, when the ideal is lacking, God's grace abounds all the more. So Absolutely. I don't want to, you know, seen as this, but in God's perfect design, we both need one another. And so yeah. I think I want to hammer home, like, 
you're able to fight against the lies of the world that's going to always be there with the truth of God's word and what he says a real woman is and what a real woman looks like. Um, because I'm like so said, glad. I got lies, lies that I'm wrestling through, and I'm going to wrestle with them until I see Jesus. But go ahead. You're yeah, well, well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, that is such a good point, and you were talking about identifying what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a huge, huge space. And in the context of, um, I'm talking about urban, urban in the context of women of color churches that have, and not all churches are like this. Like I, I mean, I've grown up in the church and um, I'm a pastor's kid, and I mean, like I love the church. That's 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 why I'm even here right now doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a huge mm-hmm. call to be um, a restorer of. Um, engaging in the church because there are people who are sitting in our in pews and coming in and out the door and are professing Christ and do not know Christ. Like <laughs> that's just real. So that's talk true. to me. Talk to me about um, like there. There also is a narrative in within um, just social media. I mean, technology is such a blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you are talking about spotting what is real and what is not, I think about the context of um, preaching today, teaching today, resources today <laughs> that um, that are used in the urban context and some of the things that um, w- women of color or just people of color may listen, may um, have access to, you know, um, from a broad scope. And a lot of it is taken out of context. So, you know, like what do you say in regards to, a woman who is navigating, like, listen, this is how I was raised, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not even, you know, that's it, that's not even in scripture. Some things that people say are just not in scripture, and I think like mm-hmm. having the hunger for the word, like, talk about like what it looks like when you're discipling women, like how, what does it look like to get them in the word? What does it look like when you're discipling women, and how do you root women in the true truth of the gospel? so that they are able to spot what is not real. You know, I'm trying my best not to say, okay, like like this, <laughs> this Bible preacher yeah. or this Bible teacher, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because I, you know what I'm saying? I want to, I, I always want to um, posture myself in a place of humility and honor. Yeah. So how do we, how do we um, identify that? Yeah, I think, um uh, because it's plaguing in the church, right? Don't you think it's plaguing sure. in the church? Okay. Yeah, like I think it's so funny. I was just listening to something earlier today, just kind of talking about um, the level of Bible literacy that are mm-hmm. Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how like, there are certain Christians, and no one should feel shame in this. I just think it's more of like just eye-opening, right? Like there are certain right. Christians who don't know the, like the names of the four Gospels. There are mm-hmm. certain Christians who believe that Sodom and Gomorrah is like brother and sister, like mm-hmm. out of place. Like, mm-hmm. and so it just goes to show, like, what you're talking about, um, how important, how much we don't know our word. And I say we, like, including myself, like, how easy it is where there's things I've come across and be like, oh, so, oh, that ain't in scripture. I got that from, like, some Christianese I done heard, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> over the years, like, that's not in the word. And it's like, nah, you know, um, it's actually said something a little different. And so I think a good starting place when you're walking with women 
is one thing that the Lord has really been pressing on my heart is pointing them to his word when they're coming to you for advice. I think women have, we have a tendency, right, which is good and bad, a very good tendency of if I need help, I'm going to go seek it out. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to read this thing. I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to read these blogs. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to ask my girlfriends. Like, we do all of this research, which I think is so good. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we don't go to God's word first. first. And, like, I'm guilty of that, too. Like, um, and having friends to remind me, like, oh, have you prayed about this? Have you went and sought what God's word has said? And so Mm -hmm. I think it's important that, like, when people come to us for advice, and not like as if we're like just throwing scripture on them. Like right. if somebody is coming to me about, let's say they are working through some sort of grief in their life, like they lost a loved one. And mm-hmm. and I think it's like just walking with the spirit through that, like, okay, this is a good time for me to just listen. And then when they're done, just, and I'm someone that's not very good at um, knowing if somebody's like, just, somebody wants me to listen or ask them give them advice. So I literally asked that question. I'm like, so <laughs> did you just want me to listen and just pray for you? Or or are you looking for some, like some sort of advice? Like, what do you, what are your expectations from this conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, and they'll be honest and, and grateful for the question. And so when I do get the advice thing, I try my best to go to God's word and really open up my Bible and read it verbatim. Because I used to have a bad habit of, like, paraphrasing scripture. I'm like, you know what? Jermaine, you don't just read what the scripture actually says. Read the words. Read. (laughs) Read. It also allows them to go back to it. Right. 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 I think building that habit when they're saying, like, every time that I come to Jermaine, like, she either prays for me or she opens up her Bible. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something I should do, you know. And honestly, what made me do it is because there was a woman that walked with me that would do that. Mm. Right? And so it was just like, and so what it does is like, all I want you to know is that I'm not your savior. Like you, I'm not going to give Girl. you a, and I think that's so key because codependency, codependency is like a huge, huge thing. And it's so easy for that to erode a discipleship relationship. Right? Like yes, ma'am. destroy it. Mm-hmm. Like where it's like this person is like, coming to you for everything mm-hmm. for going to God. And I want to encourage women that walk with women. One, it's mm-hmm. okay if she's always coming to you. It just shows how much you just need to continually point her. Right. right? Um, and it's not bad that she's working through codependency because we all have our issues that we're working out with God and his people. Mm-hmm. Right. But just be aware that spiritual warfare is very real. Like two people – that love God, that are coming together to live more for him. The enemy mm-hmm. hates that. So right. going to try to destroy that in any way. And just being on guard, like, be watchful. Like, don't think that, like, you're just, you just in this mentor relationship and, like, you ain't got no real enemy out there. Girl, you do, you we, know forget, we forget, we forget it. We forget, yeah, we forget the spiritual, the spiritual warfare component yeah. and that we have an adversary who is prowling around, you know, um, I, I've been spending some time over these past two or three weeks, like the Lord has really been dealing with me about, um, um, in, in the process of desiring to be rooted in the word 
and ensuring that I am being biblically sound when I communicate to women. Mm-hmm. The Lord was just giving me just um, some warning of like, listen, but also don't glorify this too much because you are spirit led. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to be led by the spirit so yes. that you are biblically sound. And so we can, I, we can idolize um, intellect. We can idolize mm-hmm. the process of the way someone has, um, and, and it's great. It is totally great. But we're getting an appetizer. That's sort of how I look at it. We're getting an appetizer of that person's scope and breadth of what they got with the Lord. And God is saying, I have a feast for you myself. Like, yes. he is the one who knows us. He is the, we're made in his image. He's the one who knit us together. And so he, he, he speaks directly to those, those heart, those soul issues. Um, and the things that um, have us um, laden as well as joyful. But if we're always leaning on someone else um, for that sustenance, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, it can, yeah, it can create some unhealthiness. It can create some unhealthiness mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. And you brought up something really good. I, I want to, you can let me know what you think about this. Is like, I think a big thing, too, is, and I don't think you can really teach this, but encouraging mm-hmm. women to wait on the Lord. Mm. And I just, because, like, culture, everything's so fast, right? Like, right. if I want to eat, I literally can either, A, go through a drive-thru, B, order Uber Eats, you know what I'm saying? Or C, yeah. also in a microwave. Like, this whole concept of, like, waiting on God. is, and, and nobody don't like to wait on God. I don't like to wait. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, like, it's not like a foreign thing, but I just think we we don't have to. If I'm feeling down and I want affirmation, I post something on Instagram or on social media and I get likes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to. There's no concept of, like, I'm going to just sit, pour my heart out to God. Yes. And wait on him to mm-hmm. answer. And mm-hmm. I think about the promises of God that he that he gives us for those who wait on the Lord. Girl. That your strength will be renewed. Like, you know, okay. that he will hear you. Like that, it, he will literally cast out fear. Like there's just so many scriptures that talk about that. Um, because mm-hmm. in the waiting, I think what God has done for me and will continue to do as I walk with Him, um, mm-hmm. is that for me in the past, that's the only thing I can really speak on, is that He really kills a lot of self reliance that I have. What you're talking about, like girl, I, like if I read yes articles and I study this scripture. I pray about it, and I think critically through, like, how to handle this. It should make it easier. And God is like, okay, so these things are good, but ultimately what I'm trying to do is make you more like me, right? Come on. I'm trying to kill idols in your heart. I'm trying to, Mm -hmm. again, I'm doing a thousand things, like, I'm doing things things in this this other people or the circumstance around you. Um, And so... You just don't know, and I think about lamentations, like when the man was afraid mm. to God about like him withholding justice, and God yeah. literally says, "If I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't even believe me." Mm-hmm. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, like, I just think that's just a thing, like as women, and of course, as people, but specifically speaking for women, like wait on God, like um, is is a thing that has to be worked out and, like, through community and discipling one another, you know. Right, right. And that's where we are currently in the process of until he comes. We are waiting. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. We are. That's where we are. We're in a. We're in a sort of in a holding pattern of waiting for him to return for his bride, the church. That's us, you know, who profess the name of Jesus Christ. And so, um, can we wait? Well, is the question. You know what I'm saying? Can we? Can we wait for him like the watchman waits for the morning? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Wow. Well, talk, talk to me a little bit about just um, the things that Legacy um, is is looking forward to doing the rest of this year. You were talking about um, Legacy Conference. Give us give us some dates. I also have sitting here next to me. Um, it's an it's an older magazine, but the Legacy magazine. Do you guys still um, do that as well? Like, talk to us about all the things that Legacy is like currently venturing into, and um, if you know the dates for Legacy on the West Coast and Legacy in Chicago, like drop us some dates, girl. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Legacy right now definitely still does the magazine. It's a biannual magazine, so we do it twice a year. Uh, We do one in the spring and one in the summer because that's pretty much when our conference season is, and so you probably may have last summer or spring. Mm-hmm. This is our spring magazine for our satellite conferences, which is LA, Houston, and Atlanta. And then we use our summer magazine for our home base, which is here in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, our next conference coming up is Legacy LA. That's April 27th, 2019. Um, it's a one day. It's going to be a Biola University, so we'd definitely love people to come out for that. And if you're in the Midwest, or like you're like, I really would like to come to Chicago, get a little summertime shower, which is like mm-hmm. honestly the best thing ever. It's like, the best thing ever. ever. <laughs> it's the best. It is the I mean, best thing ever. Okay. Literally, Kanye rapped about it. Like you know, like I'm just saying. Like so, <laughs> but our Chicago dates are this summer, July 18th through the 20th. So that's our three day. It's been going on for like the last. 12 years, so it's our biggest conference. We put a huge fest on at the end of it to, like, reach out to the community and things like that. And that's when we have our huge uh, event called Storytellers with all the poets. We do doxology, which is Mm. more like an R&B soulful night, and we Mm -hmm. have a huge rap concert that happens on the fest stage. So if you haven't been to Legacy, I always encourage people to come to Chicago first because you can get really the – the homegrown, like, experience here. Mm-hmm. But I also understand, you know, steward in our finances well. So if you live closer to another <laughs> location, uh, I would encourage to do that as well. And do y'all have, do y'all have, um, do y'all have live feed or can, if they want to purchase the conference and watch online, do you guys um, have that as well um, if they can't make it to the actual physical event? We hope Absolutely. they can, though. Mm-hmm. So we actually stream the conference for free. Uh, oh, sweet. Yep. So if people are like, yeah, you know, I, I, I got those dates marked off or something. I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. Or also if you're like, yeah, I hear you, but I would rather watch first before I commit. Like, um, you will be live streaming all day uh, for Legacy Chicago. You'll be able to see the concerts and all the speakers and, and certain even certain workshops. So I didn't mention this earlier. Like a big, uh, another important, like vital thing about Legacy is that we do these workshops and we have over 60 workshops in Legacy Chicago um, where it's on manhood, womanhood, 
hermeneutics, where we're talking about how to study the Bible, sexuality, social justice, race relations, family life, disciple, like diving deeper into discipleship, even though discipleship includes all those things anyway, because you're walking with someone holistically, community, church hurt, like all these things. Um, mm. So we do the nice. big, yeah, speakers, and then we have these smaller classroom settings to dive deeper into a topic where people can really ask good questions and like, and it's also, and it's also more intimate because of the classroom sizes. So uh, the workshops, a lot of times are the people's favorite parts, which makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's a big thing that makes legacy special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we jump off of here, tell me if I was coming to the Chicago, where must I go? To either grab grab eat, okay, like maybe like a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, and then like your most favorite coffee shop and thing to do in Chicago. I know that's a lot, but there you go. I'm promoting Chicago. I'm promoting Chicago. I'm also promoting the Chicago Legacy Conference, okay? Yeah, that's so hard because Chicago is a food city, which you probably know. So it's just mm-hmm. what you're looking for. So I'm going to just go with what I love to eat. Um, so if I were to do breakfast, either Wildberry, um, which is so good, okay. they, that's downtown, or M. Henry, which is up north. Like if you a true foodie, you go mm-hmm. to M. Henry. Like, and, and everybody thinks they're a true foodie. But I'm talking about like <laughs> you're someone who is like, I'm analyzing how these flavors are balancing yes, what yes. to my palate. Yes, Henry. But if you're someone, I just want a good breakfast where I can get some good pancakes, some good whatever. Like, and I'm someone who loves corned beef hash. Um, and oh my goodness, you go to Wildberry. Wildberry is really good. Um, always a long wait for it, but it's worth it. I would say for lunch. Ah, this is so hard. This is so hard. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna leave. I can't even say. I'm gonna just skip to dinner because <laughs> I'm thinking about a million things, and I have two places. Yeah. So okay, dinner. If go you for were dinner. To do dinner. I would advise you to go to Old Cheval. Old Cheval is literally one of the best burgers in the country. Um, oh, the country. You life. went to the yes. country. I did. It look. It changed. It's a long wait, but when you go, you're gonna be like, okay. So this burger, it ain't like they're doing a whole bunch to it, but it is amazing. It oh, is wow. absolutely amazing. So actually, I do have a lunch spot. It's called. <laughs> you have to think through it. You have to work it I back. It's after called, uh, yes, it's called, I think it's called Yolanda's or Yabanda's Tamales. And that's in Pilsen. It's some mom and pop shop, some old grandmas in the back killing it on the tamale game. Oh my gosh! And they may have Not a homemade right mo- girl homemade mole sauce. Homemade, and everybody does homemade guacamole, but like you can tell that like they just put their love and their culture, even though culture oh my is more goodness. than but into yes, it's so good. And they okay. have vegan options of tamales. So like, I'll go there and give me like a kale and like some milk tamale and it's amazing. What? Like, yeah, it's like a kale and quinoa tamale. They got chicken, they got pork. It's so Stop. good. You Stop. can go and be like, what? Jesus, um, Jesus making this mole sauce in the back. Like this <laughs> So if you were to do like a quick like little lunch spot, I would say okay. you to go there. Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
Jarmaine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, give us give us your handle. Give us um, the website to register for Legacy and um, anything else you want to give us. Yeah, so um, I would actually encourage you to follow Legacy. Um, but if you're like, oh, like she was funny, I would like to get to know her too. <laughs> that um, Legacy Disciple is our handle on all of our platforms. So that's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Instagram. Our website is LegacyDisciple.org is where you can find everything about the conference. We also do additional content like articles and videos and interviews on a, a lot of different topics that, again, have to do with discipleship or race relations or church culture and all these things. Um, and if you want to get to know more about me, it's just my name, Jarmaine Boyd. Um, and I tell people it's like a jar in a state of Maine put together with a silent H after the J. Um, so because my name is so unique, uh, yeah, you just look me up on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, you can find me there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And, ladies, um, you've got all the deep. Listen, we hope you have a great day, and thanks for hanging out with us at The Urban Christian Woman. Ladies, wasn't that interview a blessing? I know that it blessed me tremendously as I had an opportunity to talk to Jermaine. Can I just say that discipleship is so important. It is the key to being a follower of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. And so listen, if you get an opportunity, check out Jermaine's handle. If not, definitely follow Legacy Disciple. If you are in the Chicago area or if you're interested in attending the Legacy Disciple Conference, there is one coming up in the month of July. So I would totally encourage you to check it out. You can go and find more about that conference at www.legacydisciple.com. And then I'm super excited to be talking about um, one way that we here at the Urban Christian Woman love um, to help grow disciples for the glory of God. And that is through our summer pop-up Bible study. Summer in the City is a three-month summer Bible study that we do here in the Cleveland metropolitan area. It um, happens on the fourth Monday of every month, right in the heart and central um, part of our city um, near downtown. And so listen, if you are in the Cleveland area or if you're visiting and you're going to be here on a fourth Monday, why don't you join me, Leah, and our entire team at the Coffee Cafe um, for Summer in the City. We are studying the gospel is, it is directly a focus systematically through Galatians, the entire book of Galatians. Ladies, it's been such a blessing and we're believing God that women would not only be set free, but that they would truly understand what the gospel is. So if you like more information about Summer in the City, you can um, go directly to our handles and there's information there. You can also register directly from our handles on Instagram, as well as Facebook at The Urban Christian Woman, or you can go directly to our website, www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Ladies, thank you so much for listening um, to the interview with Jermaine, and we pray that you have a blessed day and a blessed week, and we'll catch you real soon. Bye.